Lights, camera, action. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to our episode last week on the Iron Giant. It was a lot of fun. It was. And we are doing another change of pace in terms of movie genres. Uh, We had the animated movie last week and this week we are going to a heist movie. Which I think this is the first heist movie we've done, correct? It is. Um, Which I'm excited about. I love heist movies. Me too. Um, And it's one of the best heist movies of all time. Ocean's Eleven. It's true. Uh, So good that it was a movie like back in the... 60s. 60s? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought so. I thought I was thinking 68, but I didn't want to say it wrong. I should have written it down. Um, and then they remade it in the early 2000s and it was a star studded cast. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. So you want to kick us off? Of course. So Ocean's Eleven was released on December 7th of 2001. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh. It is starring, I've got quite the list here, so bear with me. We've got George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, Andy Garcia, Bernie Mac. I think this is pronounced Shaobo Kin, Casey Affleck, Carl Rayner, Scott Can, Ellie Gold, Eddie Jemson. Or sorry, what did I just say? Elliot Gold or Eddie Gold? You said Ellie Gold. Elliot Gold. I'm thinking of Ellie Golding. Yes, I was going to ask you about that because I was pretty sure it was wrong. And I think I pronounced gold wrong. I think it's gold. Right? I I don't know. Anyways, backtracking a little bit. Elliot Gold, Eddie Jimson, and Don Cheadle. Sorry about that. Um, It was distributed by Warner Bros. It has a runtime of one hour and 56 minutes. It's rated PG-13. It had a budget of $85 million, and the box office total was $450.7 million. Very nice. Um, Man, that cast list is amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's truly one of those cast lists that is, I mean, maybe some of it is that hit it has aged well because mm-hmm. again, like Matt Damon, he was established at this point, but he but not wasn't super big. Right. Yet. He wasn't super huge yet. Um, really. I mean, Clooney and Pitt were the biggest names mm-hmm. along with Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. They, they were the three big names. And then, uh, Bernie Mac was a successful comic at the time. Um, rest in peace. He's passed on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to think Don Cheadle, he was still, he was successful, but I feel like he's just continued to get bigger and bigger, especially mm-hmm. being in Marvel. I believe I read also that Carl Rayner was a big reason why a lot of people um, wanted to see the movie too. Re- oh yeah. And he was, plays the older gentleman, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. He was a successful movie star back in the day. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to dive into some fun facts. So kind of on the same note we were just talking about, because this movie had such a loaded cast, all of the actors had to take a significant pay cut in order to work together. Otherwise, the movie's budget would have skyrocketed. So they all agreed to this um, because they wanted to work together on this movie. So um, obviously I didn't get numbers, but all of them did get paid significantly less than what they were used to. Which I thought it was cool that they were willing to do that. Just yeah, yeah, it's rare. I mean, 
I feel like you hear about it a little bit more nowadays just with social media because it grabs headlines like, oh, so-and-so took a pay cut so that his co-stars could get paid the same or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, it's still pretty uncommon. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, a big, I mean, everybody's trying to get their money. So right. Yeah. It's, it's still not super common. Yeah. Okay. My next one, I'm going to lead off with a question for you, John. Okay. How, well, first, how many times have you seen this movie, would you say? Oh, I don't know for sure, but let's just say three to five. Okay. I mean... I've only seen it twice, so my opinion probably isn't as valid, but I still remember thinking this when I first saw it and um, the most recent time we watched it. So I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on Don Cheadle's English accent and have you always thought that? Um, I, I don't know that I've really thought about it too much. Um, I guess I would say that I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say that it's bad, but it's not amazing either. I I think it's horrible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I, I remember thinking that because I can't remember when you and I watched it together for the first time because when we watched it together for the first time, that was my first time ever seeing this movie. Um, and I still remember right off the bat, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is bad. Like this is a bad accent. Really? And, yes. And apparently it has been criticized by many as the worst English accent ever in a movie. Wow. Yes. I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I will say like when I watch it and when he starts talking for the first time, I don't love it, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of get used to it and just start to ignore it as the movie goes on. But I can, I can totally see where people are coming from. Right. And no hate to him. I love the actor. Like I, I have seen several of his movies and I, he does a great job, but, um, apparently like some fans came up with a theory that he actually, played an American who just wanted to be British. So he talks with this corny accent. I gotcha. Okay. And I guess um, Don Cheadle like jokingly accepted that as like a worthy excuse, you know? Really? But he actually ended up like giving a public apology about his accent in (laughs) in a speech at a Los Angeles film festival and he just said, forgive me, I won't do it again. <laughs> but That's hilarious. I didn't I know that. That was funny. Well, he's in Ocean's 13. Yes. And I was trying to think through that. I don't remember him having an English accent in that one. I don't know if I've seen Ocean's 13. Have I? You haven't. You've seen 11 and 12. Okay. I'll have to watch 13 because I'm curious to know. Yeah. Um. So on the same note of um, Don Cheadle, he also asked for his name to be removed from the movie entirely it was not because of the accent okay (laughs) it wasn't because he was embarrassed about that they don't come they don't completely come out with why he asked this but if you watch the credits roll at the end his name is not listed and i wondered i think i think i talked to you about this when i was researching for the podcast john that um like I was looking he up, the cast, up list, the cast list and I realized because I was yeah. reading off the names to you to make sure I got everybody. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't include him. Yeah. And then I was like, well, now that I think about it, I don't even yeah. think I saw him. So his name is completely removed from the movie. And 
The only thing that he said about it was um, in an interview, he said that there was just some stuff that happened behind the scenes that he didn't like how it went down. And so he just said, take my name off it. Well, that's interesting because he was in Ocean's 13. I know. So it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but yeah. Yeah, oh well. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, there's some speculation that like he wanted to be like one of the more, I can't even remember. I wanted to be like, like one of the main characters. Yeah, like, like George Clooney and right. Brad Pitt were so, but then hmm. he didn't. So he just, I don't know. Huh. And I don't know if he's, yeah. So interesting. I'm not going to claim anything, but yeah. Um, so next is that this was Xiaobo Kin's first acting gig. He had never acted before. Um, he was actually spotted by the producers at like an acrobatics rehearsal for this show he was doing. Um, and they approached him about the role. So that's cool. Yeah. And I believe the Oceans movies are the only movies he's been in since. I don't think he's acted since then. Okay. Um, Next, the role of the brothers who like are constantly bickering throughout the movie. Yes. The twins. The twins. Yes. That was actually offered to a couple sets of actual brothers, one of which being Owen and Luke Wilson. Yes. I thought that was really cool. I think so, too. It would have been hilarious if they were the twins. Yeah. I love Casey Affleck and uh, I forget the other actor who plays his brother. Um, they both do a good job. Yeah. At, like just very clearly getting under each other's skins. Mm-hmm. Like it's very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it would have been funny to see Owen and Luke just, I mean, I love Owen and just Wilson. adding another big name onto the right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they ended up having to turn it down because of, uh, another project that I think Owen Wilson was working on. Okay. Um, and then my last fact is just, um, a few other big names that were considered for roles in this movie. Um, so I'm sure there are more. These are just a few that I found. Um, there were Mark Wahlberg, Bruce Willis, um, Alan Arkin, Johnny Depp, Mike Myers, and I'm probably going to say this wrong. Ralph Fiennes? Fiennes? Oh, Ralph, Ralph, uh, I I don't don't know. I think that's how you say it. I don't remember. Um, I know who he is. I'm pretty sure it's like finesse. Yeah, he or... plays M in um, 007. Like yeah, the Daniel Craig ones. The Daniel Craig ones, yeah, yeah. And he's in other stuff too, but that's what I know him most from. He also plays Voldemort. Yes, that too. That's that's pretty significant. Right, one. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw that Mark Wahlberg as well as Johnny Depp were considered for um, the role that Matt Damon plays, Linus. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't see like specific roles. I just saw people who were considered. Those were the only ones that I saw as far as roles. Um, I did see all the names that you mentioned too, which, uh, Bruce Willis, that would, I don't know what part he would have played, but Mm -hmm. that would have been awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I both have a newfound love and appreciation for Bruce Willis after, uh, die die hard. hard. Yes. I mean that honestly, it might be like, it's definitely top it's 10 so movies good. for me. It might be in my top five. Yeah. Such a good movie. I mean, <laughs> we've been watching Brooklyn nine, nine again and, uh, it's, it's so fun because I think I might've said this in our die hard episode that yeah. I, I like can understand Jake Peralta's jokes now, yes. but it's like, um, if you've watched the show, um, Amy, 
the character Amy like kind of gives him a hard time about it, saying that it's like really not that good. Yeah. But like, I'm like, come on. It's so Well, then she good. finally watches it with him and then she likes it. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah. But, but anyways, I mean, I liked Bruce Willis before we watched that movie just because he was a legend. He, yes, I did too. The Red yeah. movies were good. I really liked when he showed up in the second G.I. Joe movie. Um, and he's done plenty of other successful things, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I would have been really interested to know what role he would have played in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he would have nailed it. He's just a good, great actor. But anyways, this isn't about Bruce Willis or Die Hard. Yes. Um, (laughs) this is about Ocean's Eleven. Um, do you have more fun facts? No, that was all of them. Oh, okay. Well then I will jump into production details. Um, I have very minimal because surprise, surprise, a movie like this um, really just consisted of actually shooting the movie. (laughs) There wasn't a whole lot of um, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of CGI. Actually, I think more than likely there was probably no CGI in this Mm -hmm. movie. But as far as, um, you know, visual effects or even practical effects, there really aren't any practical effects either. I um, I have a question for you about that. What about um the hotel that like collapses in the background of the scene with a uh, yeah Don Cheadle? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I don't know. It didn't okay. come up in my research. Okay, I'm just uh, curious if you came across I w- that. I wish I knew. That'd be great <laughs> to know. What I do have is that um, filming began on February 11th, 2001. Shooting locations include Las Vegas, Vegas, New Jersey, Chicago, Los Angeles, Florida, and Burbank. Um, The film's producer, Jerry Weintraub, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, He was friends with the Bellagio's owner, whose name is Kirk Kerkorian. I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, So because they were good friends, um, the production crew was granted access to shoot on location in the casino, which isn't like a super common thing. Um, So I think that was really cool that they were actually there in the Bellagio shooting the movie. Oh, they were in the Bellagio? Yes, they were actually there. Wow. I I had read that they were in a casino, but I didn't know it was like the, yeah. Yeah, they actually shot there and all the crew uh, stayed in the hotel there and everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the pinch that was used in the film was actually based on a real life, uh, it's named Sandia Z pinch. That's, I don't know if that's the name of it or if that's the type of pinch, but it was based on that. Um, however, the effect that we see in the scene, which is basically they loaded the pinch up in the back of a van and then they power it up and it knocks out the entire power for Las Vegas. Um, it's completely unrealistic because the pinch, a pinch of that size would never be able to achieve that effect. It would have to be much larger. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Um, and evidently the Sandia Z pinch is capable of doing that to a city um, or it's that size. It's like enormous, but it's like significantly bigger of what than what they had in the movie. <laughs> and then uh, filming ended on June 7th, uh, 2001. And that's all I have. Okay. So what would you rate this movie, John? That's a tough one. Uh, I say that probably every time we rate a movie because this is a great movie. I mean, truly a great movie. Mm -hmm. It's just fun to watch, especially the thing about heist movies uh, that make them 
good or fun to watch, interesting, whatever, is that like, obviously I would say the majority of people have no interest in actually going and robbing a bank or robbing a casino. So it's not that it's like, oh, that resonates with me. Um, But what's interesting about most of them is the intellectual side of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just the idea of like, oh, that's how they made this happen and seeing it unravel and everything and just um, that it's smart or sometimes, you know, like in a different movie, maybe not this one as much, but just kind of like the thriller aspect of it, that it's intense or whatever. Um, But this is really well done, especially the end of the movie where they start revealing all these twists that it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And we knew about it this whole time and that plays well into the movie. But I Mm -hmm. never guessed that that's how they were going to pay it off at the end. Yeah. Um, So I really do love that. And I also think that this is a movie that utilizes its cast extremely well. Mm-hmm. I never feel like George Clooney is under or overutilized. And same with Brad Pitt, uh, Matt Damon, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I love every scene that everybody's in because it doesn't feel like it's like, man, you know, like this person's getting too much screen time. Right. Or not enough screen time. Or like, just like Bernie Mac is great in every scene that he's in. But I wouldn't say that he's in the movie a ton, but it doesn't feel like he's not in the movie right if it it definitely feels like an ensemble cast movie where it's done well the screen is shared there's plenty of group scenes there's plenty of uh solo actor scenes like it's it's balanced really well um i think it's shot well too like i really like that the cinematography kind of highlights the orange uh, color hue of the casino and whatnot, just kind of like mm-hmm. that warm lighting and everything. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like a lot of movies today are kind of cold blue gray. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just nice change it's of pace. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that build up to say that I really like this movie. I truly don't know how I'd rate it or even like I hadn't thought about it going into this. So this is very difficult for me. But I'm just going to say I'm going to give it a 94. Okay. Well, you're pretty close to what I was going to say. I was going to give it a 93. Okay. Yeah. And I would explain, but I feel like you kind of explained everything I was thinking too. I I thought it was very well done. And yeah, I won't repeat everything that you just said. Yeah. I, I mean, I could almost say 92 too. That's why it's hard for me because it's like stepping back and thinking about everything like I think Ocean's 13 is my favorite one out of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I kind of, I guess, rate it on that, but I also want to rate it independently, like I don't, it's hard for me to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a good movie. It's also very funny too. Like, and not like uh, stupid humor, I guess. Right. I know we've mentioned that before in other movies, but like, It's just like, it's genuinely like situationally funny Mm -hmm. as well as just like even scenes where it's like the twins arguing, like they do it probably three or four times in the movie. Yeah. But I mean, it just goes from zero to a hundred in like two seconds and they are like at each other's throats and it's, um, most of the time it's funny. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's what's happening, whatever. Um, but like they do it well Mm -hmm. and like the scene where Bernie Mac is crushing that guy's hand to get a better discount on the vans. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, it's not like overtly like 
stupid. Like they're, it, I don't feel like they're having to get cheap laughs. Like they, right. it's just done well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy that. Yeah, I do too. What were some of your favorite scenes in the movie? Um, well, one kind of speaking on the same page of Bernie Mac, I, I really like the scene when, um, Matt Damon is like disguised. I'm going to, I'm going to just say actor names because I do not remember all the characters names. So I apologize. Yeah. Um, so Matt Damon is disguised and he comes into the casino while Bernie is working and, uh, like he's like an auditor for the Las Vegas, uh, the or the nevada like game commission or it it's something like that something like that yeah and they're in that room and kind of you know like grilling bernie about everything and um, which was set up yes like yes it was all set up yeah all part of the plan but um that whole sequence was just funny i liked that scene it was hilarious when like he starts like mumbling stuff and like trying to make it like that this is all about race and that yeah. Linus or Matt Damon is being racist and that's the only reason it's happening. Like, mm-hmm. that is hilarious. Just because, like, it when he starts saying that stuff and then Linus has to start, like, uh, bending backwards, like, no, I would never. Yeah, I am yeah, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, really trying to sell it. And you can see that the owner, I forget the name of the guy who even plays him in the movie, but the owner of the Bellagio in the movie that he's just like, so stressed out. He doesn't have time for this. He Mm -hmm. could not care less. Like, please get this over. It's just like, so annoying to him that he has to be there, but like, it's a legitimate, like major thing he has to be there for. Mm -hmm. And just the whole scene is hilarious. And then like, um, when Bernie acts like he's going to attack him and like Linus freaks out and yeah, like that whole scene is hilarious. Yes. That's so funny. Um, another one that I liked is when, um, I mean, I guess this was kind of like, just like a, not a montage, but just like a series of scenes, I guess at the beginning, I just liked watching, um, Brad Pitt's character like going around to gather everybody up um, and find different people to help out with the heist um, just so that way you could kind of be introduced to each character and know like why they were chosen you know Um, yeah so I liked that series of scenes Brad Pitt's character in the movie is honestly pretty interesting I love it like he just yeah he has a very interesting um, dynamic I guess so yeah. Um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's like, well, uh, he's not, he's like a, he's a facilitator in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I would describe his character. Like, um, there, he does play multiple roles during the heist. Right. But, um, I feel like the main thing that his character does is just facilitate everything. He goes around and gets everybody and then like, you know, like he's the one picking uh, George Clooney's character up from jail both times mm-hmm. um, and just just stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. Or maybe he doesn't the first time. Maybe it's just the second time. I don't remember. But I do know that it's just like it's interesting to not see Brad Pitt in kind of a main character role, but also like he is. Right. It, again, that's just another compliment to. Uh, well, obviously Brad, but also the writers of the movie and the director, Mm -hmm. they just, they utilize the characters well. 
And I don't feel like, man, this is a waste of Brad's talent. Like, right. Yeah. He's still a great character. I love Rusty. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very interesting. Speaking of Brad Pitt, um, this is kind of off topic, but, uh, I read something where it said, which I haven't seen these movies, Okay. the Austin Power movies. Oh yeah. I think I saw like one in high school, but apparently the wig that he's wearing as one of his disguises is the same exact wig that Mike Myers wore oh, really? like when rehearsing for <laughs> that movie. Or that those is movies. hilarious. But yeah, sorry. Back on track. Um, another, I think my favorite part of the whole movie and probably most everybody who's seen this movie is um, like when you're kind of what you were talking about earlier, just like when you kind of everything starts to click like, oh, like right. this was how they did everything how they pulled everything off and it wasn't all how it was portrayed to be you know and that's why it all ended up working out um i i love that because like it's been a while since i've seen it um before this past time we watched it and so it was kind of like rewatching the movie again for the first time because i just didn't remember and i was like oh my gosh like that's awesome like even though i would already seen it so yeah, yeah, you have that great reveal yes. at the end where um, the, the owner of the Bellagio, can't remember character or actor's name, but he, after they've stolen all the money and, you know, he's just like at an utter loss and he just is kind of silent and he's like, look at the tape. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. And he's like, does it say Bellagio on the floor? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And he's like, they weren't here. Uh uh, or the the video that they showed us it it was uh or the the security camera footage that they were playing for us was a video it wasn't mm-hmm. live they were here like last week or it was a duplicate or something mm-hmm. and because we had the the floor changed on Tuesday mm-hmm. and so just where it's like oh then you start to realize that that duplicate that they made they made the exact duplicate of it was they recorded all that they played mm-hmm. it for them and then you know, the duplicate it, of the vault of the vault. And then the SWAT team comes in and that's actually them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like so crazy. Yeah. Um, but the payoff is amazing. And as a, a viewer, I feel like I feel like this is a movie that really rewards the audience mm-hmm. because they give you all the tools that you need to put it together, like pretty easily. But um the reveal is very surprising, mm-hmm. but they they don't tell you outright, um, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is they give you enough time to figure it out before they basically spell it out. Right. And by the time you figure it out, you're watching them tell you. Mm-hmm. So then you feel like, oh, man, like, that's so crazy. I can't believe, you know, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And then you're just enjoying watching it play out. Right. Like it's, it's done so perfectly. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the f- scenes I can think of off the top of my head that really stood out to me. Yeah. I, uh, as you were kind of listing off scenes, I was trying to think of some and it, I mean, it's kind of tough because I feel like you covered a lot of them that were on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I stole your thunder. Oh no, you're fine. Um, I think that just speaking to the group, I guess, I love the entire group and just even characters like uh, Carl, uh, what what was the actor's name? Uh, 
He plays the older man. Rainer? Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, Carl Rainer. Um, like, his character is great. So he plays Saul in the movie, mm-hmm. but then he also pretends to be like this Russian, uh, like, rich guy. I, I don't even know what you'd call him. Um, and in both instances, like, he's hilarious. I love that the way they distract the Bellagio owner is by basically having Saul fake having a heart attack and dying. Yeah, which I'm sorry, I'm going to cut in. But like, I mean, obviously it was supposed to make you think there was actually something wrong with him. But um, like looking back, like he even was like acting like there was something really wrong like when he was by himself like after brad pitt's character like came in to him um he was like sitting on the bed or something and um he's like all right are you ready to do this or whatever and he said yep and then he sat there and he's like looks all like clammy and like short of breath and stuff yeah so yeah it's it was crazy it blew my mind yeah no i mean it's just another payoff for the audience Mm because i think what you're seeing there is just the character being dealing with i guess some of the like i'm retired or i'm old Mm -hmm. and like getting back into the game so maybe some of the nervousness because it is like the biggest job they've that any of them have ever done right extremely high stakes um so maybe that's like what you're supposed to be seeing play out but Mm -hmm. then they you know utilize that to potentially make you think that like oh he's actually sick right um which having seen it like i didn't think that um at least this most recent time that we watched it i didn't that thought didn't cross my mind but i feel like the first time i watched it i do remember maybe thinking that um yeah and then you know it's like it doesn't take too long to be wondering in that because then uh, Brad Pitt comes up and he's like, somebody call a doctor and mm-hmm. looks like an absolute goon with yeah. that hair and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and uh, just, again, I, anytime anything medical comes up in a movie or show, like it just bothers me because I, you know, did emergency medicine in, in for a while. And, um, the compressions that Brad Pitt does are terrible. Um, but that can also, I'll, I'll give him an excuse there because He's not. He was posing as a doctor. Right. He was posing as a doctor. He wasn't an actual doctor. Um, So we're going to cut him some slack on that. I don't know if I've ever seen CPR done correctly in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. I, at least up to this point, I mean, I was, let's see, I started working after getting out of school uh, three years ago. uh, Four years ago? Four. Was it four? Yeah, because I've been teaching for three years. Shoot. So, yeah, it was four years ago. And then I had to do two years of clinicals prior to that. So, I, you know, let's call it five years because I've been out of the medical field for about six months now. Um, so about five years of medicine. And ever since I started, I have been looking for it and I've yet to see it. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. I only know because... I'm CPR certified. So. Oh, you're so, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, that's good. We, we need more of that. And you're a teacher and you should be CPR certified. Yes, I should be. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the other scenes 
that I like. I, I touched on it earlier, but I think the scene where Bernie goes and gets the vans is hilarious. Yes. Um, just because like it takes a minute, but you realize what's happening. He just continues to squeeze this guy's hand harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And he originally says he'll sell him to him at 18000 a piece. And he's like, OK. And he shakes his hand and then just won't let go. And the guy's face starts to get kind of serious. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, uh if you if you pay cash, I can give them to you for seventeen. Seventeen. Uh sixteen. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's done well. It's very funny. Um then I'm I'm trying to think of other scenes. The scene where we are first introduced to the twins, where the little RC monster truck pulls up and then like mm, yeah. the actual monster truck pulls up. Yeah. Like that is very funny. And then when he's losing to the RC monster truck, he just swerves over and runs over it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. That's such like a, it's just such a funny brother dynamic. Like, yeah, I also like the scene when, um, like, kind of, like at the end, you know, when everything's being kind of played out, I guess when they open up the van, like, you know, that drove, we, we end up finding out by itself. Right. Um, well, not by itself, but there was no people. There were no people in the car. Um, I just like that, too, because that was another moment where it was like, what is going to happen? You know, because we don't know as an audience like that. There's no one in the van until right. they open the door. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, like, that's crazy. So, yeah, I like that, too. To give more context, you're talking about the end oh, of sorry. the movie <laughs> when they think that when the Bellagio security believes that the white van is loaded up with all the money. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and they, they chase, chase it, it to the yes. airport. Yes. And then, you know, they have it like it's surrounded with at gunpoint. And uh, then it's revealed that they're controlling the van via remote right. control. Yes. And then they blow it up and yes. there's nobody in there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's this big reveal. Yes. Yeah. That's another one of the great reveals. Yes. Sorry. I should have been more specific. <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, I also, I do love the scene where, um, George Clooney's character is his name. His name isn't Frank in this movie. That's Bernie Mac's character. I don't remember, um, his character's name. Anyways, George Clooney gets taken into like the back room at the casino where Danny, Danny, that was his name. Yes. So they take Danny into the back room or I don't even know what you call it, where basically the casino owner has people roughed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Danny's back there and then the bodyguards step out of the room and this huge like biker dude comes in, like looks like he's like six, eight Mm -hmm. and just like super strong. And then the door shuts and he's like, Hey Danny. And like, well, he punches him first. Oh yeah. He punches him first. And then Danny is like, not till later. And then he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, Danny. Yeah. And then you find out that they're friends. And then Danny goes up through the roof, um, or not the roof, the ceiling. Mm -hmm. He goes up through the ceiling and ends up finding, Linus and they work together and uh, to break into the vault. But while he's doing that and he's gone, this huge biker dude has to pretend like he's beating Danny up in there. Mm-hmm. So it cuts back to him and he's just like, oh, have you had enough? And it's just like, like slamming like, himself into right, the walls. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. yeah, it's so funny. It I just I love that. I think it's hilarious. And that the guy is just like he's so nice to Danny mm-hmm. and like, how's your wife? Oh, she's pregnant. You know, like, yeah. that they, they obviously know each other well. Right. Um, yeah. That's another great twist. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's all I wanted to talk about. Are you good? 
Well, I don't know. I'm sure I could keep talking, um, but I don't know what I'd talk about. There's, it's one of those movies where like I feel like I could probably talk about every single scene mm-hmm. and dissect it, but at the same time, like I think we get the gist of it. Like, yeah, this is a heist movie that was uh, done really well. is a lot of fun to watch all the way through from start to finish. Um, it's interesting. Like mm-hmm. the moment it starts, you're introduced to Brad Pitt's character with Topher Grace, who's playing himself. Like Topher Grace is just supposed to be himself as an actor who's being taught poker by Rusty. Mm-hmm. And um, him, as well as all his friends, are idiots. Like they have yeah. no clue what they're doing. Um, so it's like, okay, why is Rusty wasting his time with these guys? Well, mm-hmm. because he's trying to stay out of trouble and not be, you know, doing illegal stuff like he used to. And, um, but still trying to get some of that thrill of like strategy and, uh, technique and planning and stuff like that. Right. Um, but then it just continues to grow from there and it, it's fun. Like it's, it's very enjoyable film. And I, like I said earlier, it's probably one of the best heist movies. I really think we should probably watch, um, the Italian job. I've been told by many people, both the original and the newer one, um, that it's like the best heist movie ever. Um, and I have not watched it. Um, I think some of the other heist movies that we've watched is like, uh, well, I guess Ant-Man is considered a heist movie. The original one, as well as Solo, the Han Solo movie is supposed 21. to. Yeah. 21 heist movie. Um, oh, Public Enemies. Like it's kind of, it's about Bonnie and Clyde, but they were, no, 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 not Bonnie and Clyde. John Dillinger um, and his girl, but like they were robbing banks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of them. I think the town was one, but we haven't watched that. But anyways, I've been told that out of all of them, like the Italian job is one of the best ones. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, we definitely need to check it out. But anyways, I think that's all we have for this episode. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up on YouTube, or we would really appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Um, next week, we're really excited to have another guest in the studio, and this is a new guest to the show. Yes. Yes, it is Emily's little sister. Yes, my sister Maddie is going to come on, and we're going to cover Ratatouille. Yes, another Brad Bird film. Yes. Um, This is the third movie in his trifecta of great films. Um, And actually, I believe this was the third movie that he directed. Um, So you have The Iron Giant was his first. The Incredibles was his second. I know that's accurate. And I'm positive that Ratatouille was his third. So he's three for three, three bangers straight away in his uh, directorial career. Right. Which is pretty impressive. So we'll be covering that next week. Um, It is currently streaming on Disney Plus if you want to watch it ahead of time. And with that, we hope you guys have a great week. We will see you next time. Love you. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye.